Welcome to Election Profit Makers. We have a special... No. That was good. Introduce me as a special guest. We'll be okay, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, that's good. That's good. That's good. We got a special guest today. Hey, guys, how's it going? I'm thrilled to be here with the Election Profit Makers on the East Coast here with my boy Long John Silver. We got two madcap rockers sharing the mic. I'm back here in Chapel Hill. I'm in Carborough right now visiting um, John. I've, I'm on an East Coast adventure, listeners. I wasn't able to be with you last week, um, but it's nice to see Starly, and it's nice to see it's nice to see John in person. John and I are sharing the same microphone. We're both leaning over the microphone. It's the cutest thing you ever saw. They should make it into a Hallmark holiday movie about two old friends who do a Christmas podcast together and share a microphone. Yeah, this is... Um... Uh, reminiscent of many years ago when we did this in my bedroom in 2016. We had bedroom fun recording in the bedroom. (laughs) This is the first time I've seen David since March 14th, which is 450 days ago. At the end of our cruise. Yeah. But, you know, if you had come visit me 30 days ago last month, then we could tell a joke. Because it would be 420 days. So how would you set up that joke? What would the joke actually be? Pretend I visited you exactly 30 days ago. Okay. Hey, David. Hey, man, it's me. Hey, David. The last time I saw you was 420 days ago, and 420 means marijuana, so that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) John, that's a terrific joke. Yeah, yeah. Perfectly told. Thank you. Perfectly told. When you guys first saw each other, was it, did you feel a little shy? Like, describe the first minutes when you guys saw each other. I would trip. love to walk you. I'll walk you through this, Starly. Okay. I drove my parents' Subaru station wagon, or, or it's not a station wagon. It's a, I think it's a SUV. Forester. It's a, yeah, it's an SUV, but it's not aggro. It's like a, you know, it's like it's um, the Beyond Burger of an SUV. It's a healthier choice. Anyway, it's terrific. It's green, car. so, It, it yeah. beeps and, and buzzes when I'm like, if I'm drifting, it goes beep, beep, beep. You're not in your lane. It's like so um, disconcerting. Anyway, I drove this wonderful vehicle. Oh, one thing I forgot. I wanted to say this before we even get started. John, Mr. Infrastructure here, you didn't even tell me about the major change in the infrastructure. Yeah. Were you saving that so it would be a surprise for me when I drove here? Well, I didn't know it was going to be finished. It's been going on for months and months. But it's done now. What is it? They installed a traffic circle at the intersection of Estes Drive and North Greensboro Street. It's like a full European traffic circle. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. What was there before? Just a terrible T intersection. Yeah, it was a really interesting intersection. It's gone. It's Estes dead ends into North into yeah. North Greensboro Street. So now now it is a rotary, a traffic circle. I always get stressed out by traffic circles. You, wait, you don't like traffic circles? No, they stress me out. You know, it, you can mess it up really easily. It's like learning it's, a new lover's body. Y- yeah. It takes some time. It takes time to get used to the flows of traffic circles. Yeah. Anyway, I go through this traffic circle. I pull up behind John's car. For the first thing I recognize is John's election profit maker's mobile. Mm-hmm. I pull up behind that. I get out. I'm looking. I'm getting my bearings. Wonderful front yard, hammock. There's a... Lots of, so many trees everywhere. It's like such a shady neighborhood. And then I hear the front door open and who comes sauntering out? Long John Silver himself, looking better than ever. <laughs> and then, of course, what do I do? We, I stick out my tummy, like, look at me. I look at my fat tummy. And then yeah. John sticks out. It was like a David Attenborough should have been narrating it. Like, the two male members of the species both extend their 
tummies in an esoteric mating ritual. Yeah, yeah. Just and then we had a big old hug. This week has been a week of many hugs for me because I was in New York for a week on a business. I had a business trip to New York to sell my hairbrushes. But I saw a lot of people. <clears throat> I did a lot of activities. Starly, I went to a movie in a movie theater. What movie? The best movie. John's daughter is going to be so happy. A Quiet Place Part 2. I also saw A Quiet Place Part 2. In the movie theater? In the movie theater. Listeners, David doesn't know anything. David doesn't he, listen he to doesn't the listen podcast to Problem he's makers. not on it. I didn't so, know that we actually posted these podcasts publicly. <laughs> um, I also saw A Quiet Place too. We might have been seeing it at the same time. Just on opposite coasts. Like, sleep in Seattle. I went to one of those movie theaters where you can buy food and beer. I spent $80 watching that movie <laughs> on food and alcohol watching A Quiet Place Part 2. Which movie theater did you go to? I went to the Nighthawk in uh, Park Slope. I was staying in Park Slope in Brooklyn. Park Slope has a Nighthawk? There's two Nighthawks? Yeah, they have a new Nighthawk. It's where the old, um, that old insane movie theater used to be, the one that felt like you were in a Tim Burton funhouse because there was like, oh, go down these steps and then go into the bathroom, and then there's a little door in the bottom of the bathroom, and if you crouch through there, there's another theater in there. There were, like, so many random little theaters in it. Oh, what was it? The Pavilion. Oh, it was such a weird movie theater. They turned that into a Nighthawk. So strange. You and I both saw Quiet Place 2 at, like, art house theaters. I bet my screen was bigger. My screen was big, as big as the moon. So anytime you need to talk about Quiet Place 2, I'm here for it. I'll get all the references. I mean, what is there to say? The only thing to be say is is to be continued since it never really started. It was kind of like an introduction to the third installment of Quiet Place 2. And it's kind of mirrors this episode because we didn't have an introduction to this episode. Oh, right. We haven't said our introduction. This is one of our most massive cold opens we've ever done. Yeah. Quiet Place 2 is all a cold open to Quiet Place 3. Which is probably going to be the greatest movie ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, it has to be because Quiet Place 2, spoiler alert, is all about feedback and the uh, defensive powers of audio feedback. I was like, oh, John Krasinski, is he into noise music? Because <laughs> the whole, like, the, they, they, they just use feedback the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the movie, you're like, they need to take this one individual case of feedback and really ramp it up and create like a, you know how Israel has um, the Iron Dome, mm -hmm. their missile defense. They need to do that, but with noise, with feedback to keep these pesky aliens from... Harshing on everyone's mellow. He needs some pedals. I mean, I do have some things to say about A Quiet Place, which is, <laughs> mm -hmm. I will, I do have to say one criticism to John Krasinski, who wrote and directed A Quiet Place and made sure that at least five different characters remarked about what an amazing person his character was in the first movie and how no one could ever live up to Lee, John Krasinski's character. If you cut the, if you cut the, if you cut the AC cable to an amplifier, that doesn't mean magically that it no longer needs electricity or batteries to work. What was up with that? Do you remember that when she cut the cable to the amplifier so she could take it on the road with her? It's like, <laughs> what's powering that device now? That's not how it works. I think what's powering it is his heroicism. I mean, if it's a meta, if there's a metaphysical component to John Krasinski's obsession with with noise music, then I'm into it. And when John Krasinski, now that he's a Hollywood golden boy making money hand over fist. If his next project is a biopic of Merzbau, I will be so <laughs> stoked, and I'll be the first person to go see that movie. <laughs> and I'll stop being a John Krasinski skeptic and become his, his most adoring disciple. Mm -hmm. Come on, John Krasinski, make the Merzbau biopic. It would be incredible, the famous Japanese noise musician.
All right, should we yeah, let's do it. Welcome to show. Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and losing money on current events, elections, politics. I'm David Reese, one of the hosts, and I'm happy to say that I'm live here in North Carolina with my friend John Kimball. Hi, John. Hey, David. And also holding it down in Cali, the one and only Starly Quinn. How's it going out there on the West Coast, Starly? Yeah. Yeah, it's all love. Well, I had a big adventure, friends. I went to the East Coast. I flew on a plane for the first time since all this started. I went to a restaurant for the first time since all this started. I saw a movie for the first time since all this started. I saw a bunch of friends for the first time since all this started. I went to the Brooklyn Botanical Garden for the first time since all this started. I bought a new pair of pants for the first time since all this started. <laughs> I got a new laptop battery for the first time since all this started. I went to a drone light installation in Soho for the first time since all this started. I got to jam with my noise music friends in Gowanus in our windowless room for the first time since all this started. So many firsts, so many records were shattered on my East Coast tour. And, and you're not exhausted? Oh, I'm exhausted. You seem energized. No, I'm, I'm you seem just happy. running on. Well, it was, yeah, I guess I am. You know, it's like, um, it was really exhausting. But it was also really, f oh, I was, I was there for the opening of the new Harry Potter store in Manhattan. <laughs> Breaking news from the Harry Potterverse. I was going to do some work with my friend on, in the 20s in Manhattan. First of all, riding the subway at 9 a.m. It was like, there was no one on the subway. It was amazing. <laughs> Manhattan's a total ghost. I mean, you know, it's like, there were moments where it really came back to me like, oh, right, something really extraordinary and bad has happened here in New York City. And one of the times you could really tell was riding the subway at 9 a.m. and having like a whole bench to yourself because no one's going back into work yet. No one's working in offices yet. But it's weird because in L.A. all the traffic came back immediately. So it's... Right. It's different. It's definitely different in New York when it comes to transportation and commuting. We're walking to do some business on twenty in the 20s and there's a new store... It's like, oh, look at that. It's very interesting. And then the next day, there was a line around the block. And we asked somebody, what's the line for? And they said, "This the Harry Potter store is opening. This is the first day that you can go into the Harry Potter store. And my the person I was with was so disappointed. He was like, man, New York, this used to be a restoration hardware store. Real authentic New York hardware store. Now it's Harry Potter. This city is going down the tubes. Who was it? He said, A-H-P-A-B, all Harry Potters are bastards. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to be in New York. A word that was used to describe it to me the other day was demonic. What, New York City? Like the decadence, like the 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 zest for life that is happening there right now was described to me as demonic. Not in a bad way. Just the passion. People are... Yeah. I looked at a picture of you on Instagram that you posted with you and your um, pedal heads, and uh -huh. you looked very happy in that picture. Well... It was late at night. We had been jamming out for a few hours. I had had, uh, I think I'd had four beers. Mm. I was feeling good. It was I was back with the you know high school friends that John and I used to play in a band with, and then the Kenosha kid himself. I got to see. I spent the night jamming, but also I had stored so much music gear in this windowless room, which is also a wood shop. So I had to clean <laughs> all my all my circuit bend keyboards were just like infested with um sawdust. And um, so I was cleaning pedals and, and cleaning um, gear while I was jamming. It was a great night. Yeah, it was Is really fun. Yeah. yeah. So when you went there, did it really hit you how much you hadn't had experiences for a long time? Like the, the dearth of new experience and new observations, different things to look at, different things to feel. Did, was, did that strike you? Actually, not really. Huh. There were a couple moments that felt, going to the airport 
for the first time in a year and three months was kind of like, oh, right, air travel is, like, really not fun. Like, it's kind of a drag. Yeah. There was an altercation on the plane right before it took off. It wasn't mask-related, but the way people were escalating and getting upset with each other reminded me that everyone had just, were coming out of, like, a year-plus-long trauma, you know, that's really frayed everyone's nerves. Mm-hmm. And then getting to New York, going to a restaurant for the first time and having dinner and eavesdropping on some kids who were obviously on a first date was terrific. Um, that was really fun. How did the date go? Well, they were talking about all kinds of stuff, these two kids. God love them, sitting right by the window. And they were debating whether or not to get one more drink or to go to a second location. And then the server actually brought them the drink prematurely. Mm-hmm before they had officially decided to have the drink. So when I was settling up my check, I did the creepy old man thing, and I told the server, I said, hey, I'll pay for that last round. Aww. You know, for young love. Like, it was, yeah, uh, you know, sweet. like, it was sweet. But, it, you know, it's like what so many people have said. It was, like, weirdly non-weird to see people in person for the first time in a year. It was weirdly non-weird to go. I mean, it was fun and nice, but... It didn't feel too alienating or remarkable to do these things. Maybe because I've done them all before. Yeah. I mean, I have, I've seen people and I've done stuff. It's more the, I haven't, this is the longest I've gone in my adult life without leaving one place, without, without traveling. Yeah. That was the same for me. Absolutely. And I, and especially getting back to New York, I, I get emotional when I go to New York and I haven't been there in a while anyway. But this time I think I, I think I'm going to be really grateful to be there. No, it's going to be heavier for you, or it's going to be more emotional for you for one reason, because you're going to, it's going to feel more like a real quest if you drive across the country and New York is your destination. Also, my family is like in the middle of this war with another family. What? We might lose the throne and there's going to be a big battle. And so I have to like get to them in time. So they're going to be on horseback. Horseback? Oh, she's, she's trolling Uh, you because you're. That's good. The Harry Potter store? Your, your family is battling to own the Harry Potter store? That's a different quest. Anyway, you're going to like it when you get to New York. It's been so long since I've traveled to tie it into all of our space talk. It honestly feels like when I hear you describing how you walk 20,000 steps, I'm like, you walk? Like, I can't quite imagine gravity. Gravity working the same. It just seems so abstract to me at the moment. Did you do something every day and every night and every minute? Yeah, it was tiring. I went to bed at like 10 o'clock every night, maybe 11 o'clock. Mm. How many steps did you take? Okay, so this is really crazy. For all the step heads out there, people who, like me, are obsessed with their step counter on their phone, I've spent the last year being so proud any day I break 10,000 steps. And once I told my therapist, this month I'm really going to try to take 10,000 steps every day. I really got to get fit. I'm going to take my 10,000 steps. I went to New York. The first full day I was in New York in pouring rain, I banged out 20,000 steps. It was like falling off a log. I forgot how much how much you walk in New York. Even if you're in this even if you want to take the subway, you have to walk mm-hmm. 5,000 steps to get from one train to the other in a 2-inch tall tunnel. <laughs> I can't wait. Walking hither and yon just to make yeah. a subway connection. I went so hard on that first Sunday. It was pouring rain the whole time I was walking to have my laptop battery replaced at the Apple store. I told this story so many times to everyone I've already seen in New York. So everyone I saw in New York, you can fast forward 20 minutes while I tell my incredible story (laughs) about my pants. Fast forward 20,000 steps. I have this laptop and it needed a battery. And I tried to get one at a mall in Beverly Hills, but they said it was going to take days and days to replace the battery. And I said, well, I simply don't have time. I have to go to New York City. I'm very important. 
I have work to do, business to conduct, friends to see, noise to make. They said, we will order the battery so that it's in New York for you in Brooklyn. And maybe when you arrive, you can see if they can switch it out real quick so that you won't lose a precious day of, of work. So I was walking from my friend's apartment where I was staying in Park Slope down to the Apple store in Flatbush, pouring rain, gray, disgusting weather. I'm wearing blue jeans that I bought pre-COVID. So obviously they're like totally cutting into my waist. They're really uncomfortable. Plus they're damp because I'm walking down Flatbush Ave in the rain. It's just such a familiar feeling. And I have this great realization. I said, I don't need to feel this way. I don't deserve to feel this way. I'm gonna go buy some damn pants right now. I'm not gonna spend the whole week in New York being soggy and tight in these damn blue jeans. These are blue jeans I actually bought with you in North Carolina. So I'm walking to the Apple store and then I see this jogging store and I walk into this jogging store and the woman says, wow, you look like you're really on a mission. I said, I am. I'm tired of having soggy legs. I'm tired of wearing pants that don't fit. Do you have any like space age futuristic water repellent pants? And she said, no, but if you go to REI in Soho, it's 20 minutes from here on the D train, buy some pants. I said, I'm going to do that. I got so excited. I was like, I'm going to buy pants that fit. I'm going to buy pants that aren't wet. Drop off my computer, walk into the Apple store. Now listen to this. I don't mind bragging about this. I have this wonderful yellow raincoat that I bought from Land's End just over a year ago. Like the Morton's Fisherman raincoat. It's so yellow. Every time I get to wear it, I get so excited. I I had the foresight to pack that before I came to New York City because I knew it was going to be a wet one the whole week I was here. I burst through the doors of the Apple store wearing my yellow raincoat. The sales rep looks at me and says, I love what I'm seeing right now. I was like, New York City, baby. People appreciate fashion. People appreciate yellow raincoats. Turns out she had a yellow raincoat herself. I was totally on on trend. So she was a narcissist. Yeah, that's what it was. I love what I'm seeing right now because you remind me of myself, the most glorious person on earth. Yeah. I drop off my laptop to get the battery switched. I hop on the D train. I go to REI. I try on all these wonderful futuristic water repellent pants. I buy these pants. These, These pants have so many pockets. They even have a pocket called Stealth Phone Pocket. I bought these pants. I pay for them, I go right back down into the changing room and then I put them on. Then I walk outside and just watch as all the water beads on the legs of my pants. I'm staying so dry. (laughs) And then I go to have Szechuan food and just have a nice Szechuan lunch by myself while I read the New York Review of Books at a table in a Szechuan restaurant. It was the best that New York had to offer. Then I go and get my battery. Now my laptop, I have a fully functional battery in my laptop. I can can blog from anywhere. I can blog from the moon. Do you know Jeff Bezos is going to go to space for real? Yeah, you're blogging? Well, there's an opening for a blogger right now in the past week. So this is a good time for you to start blogging. Where? On the internet. One big blog disappeared. Yeah. It's a good time. You got to get that position. You got to get that. I'm going to get back into blogging. I'm going to blog from the hammock in your front on your front lawn, bro. They're going to call me the hammock blogger. I think it felt more different than you realized because I can tell with your voice, your energy level, the pep to your storytelling, there is there is a change that happened. It has the texture of experience, the way that you are speaking right now. Well, it, yeah, it was nice to have a new experience yes. <laughs> after 15 months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was nice to see friends. Yeah, I guess it's catching up with me. How long had it been since you saw these people that you saw in New York? Because we, we had the luxury of seeing each other literally the day the pandemic started. So even though it's been 450 days, you know, it hasn't been that long. Some people... Most of these people I saw for the last time in August of 2019. So long. And I hadn't seen my parents. I saw my parents. I'm staying with my parents and I hadn't seen my parents since Thanksgiving of 2019. Wow. Wow. Was that nice? 
I don't know. They're fine. Whatever. No, I'm kidding. It was nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, speaking of bodies, my friend's daughter told me the reason my hair's all messed up is you're not supposed to wash it every day, it turns out. You're only supposed to wash your hair once a week. It was starting to look very straw-like, and my friend's daughter was like, you're only supposed to, because I said, what kind of shampoo and conditioner do you use? I can talk about this stuff now that I have long hair. And she said, I said, I'm washing it every night with Trader Joe's. Why does it look all straw-like? And she was like, you're supposed to wash it once a week, you idiot. So now my hair is looking jamming. Here's my question, though. Are you sure that it's the fact that you're not washing it every day or the fact that this is the first time you've been anywhere where there's humidity in 15 months. I mean, you guys have nothing. We're right now, the dew point is 75 degrees here, which is off the charts. God, John was talking about the dew point. As soon as I showed up, John's like, the dew point today is insane. I've been looking at the dew point. It's 72 here and it's 74 in New York. Those are the yeah. two worst places in America for the dew point today. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I don't know what a dew point is. I didn't fly across the country to it's talk bad. about dew points. It's I'm bad. Like, you don't want to know, you know what circle. the dew point is in Arizona? It's 10. And it's 20 in L.A. So the fact that it's, you know, 72 here and 75 in New York is bad. This is the thought I had the other day. I was watching my friend do this video to me. And I was, and she was talking about how hot it was in New York. And she's like, it's just so hot here. And I was watching her being like, I can't tell it's hot. I just have to believe, I have to believe you, but you know, you can't imagine weather until when you're not experiencing it, unless it's a movie or uh, I'm going to bring Twilight Zone up again. You know how like in movies, oh, there's like a really classic Twilight Zone episode where it's the hottest day. It, the sun, the earth is moving close to the sun. And so, like, you see them spraying themselves with water and there's perspira perspirations going down their face. I think we missed an opportunity with Zoom to do that. We needed to, like, work a little bit more to visually show the temperature we were feeling in different cities. Because I just, you, you can't grasp it when you're just listening to someone say, it's so hot in my apartment right now. You mean when David Lynch says on YouTube, is like, it's 77 degrees today in Los Angeles. Well, I, I do, I can grasp it when he says it. Blue skies and a bright wind coming out of the east. The dew point is 62. Everyone have a great day. Does he do dew point? No, he does not do dew point. Only I do dew point. Oh, that should be your new account then. Daily dew point. Okay. Do a daily weather report. All right. No, not, not weather. Dew point only. Oh, just the dew point? Yeah, he, David Lynch is already doing the weather. You don't want to, what, are you going to do it better than David Lynch? Good morning. It's John Kimball. It's 74 degree dew point. Have a great day, everybody. Anything over 65 gets uncomfortable. And once you get over 70, it's like tropical. Mm. It's really bad. And you rarely see anything higher than like 78 or 79 dew point. And what's it there right now? Uh, 73. And what am I feeling right now? 20? Yeah. Um, let me tie in. I have some New York political news. Obviously, I was on the ground the whole time hoping to get a sense of the city and the mayoral race. I only The only posters I saw for any candidates really were in Chinatown, interestingly. I saw Eric Adams posters in Chinese, and I saw Andrew Yang posters in Chinese. I did have a nice walk with a friend of mine who used to cover local New York City politics. This friend, I'm not gonna say who it is because we didn't speak on the record, we were just chatting, but I think it's relevant. Okay. I said, so who's gonna win? 
This friend said it's going to be Eric Adams. And this friend is not impressed with Eric Adams. Yes. So the vibe, I think, is Eric Adams. That's what I've heard. What do you yeah. think? I, I don't know. I haven't heard that anywhere else before. Oh, that's right. That's what I said months ago. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. And then I talked to a lot of my friends. These are a lot of, like, really um, good friends of mine in Park Slope, and they all still like Garcia, but I think it's going to be Adams. Although AOC just endorsed Maya Wiley, apparently, but I don't think that's going to matter. Stringer is done. <gasps> Did he go out? Is he done? Did he resign? No, I just mean he's, yeah, he's done. Well, court, I mean, Eric Adams is at 47 cents right now and predicted. He's up six to 47%, yeah. So in New York right now, do people care about the mayoral race? Or are they just too busy being demonic? They were so busy just fucking and sucking and smashing windows and licking doorknobs. They didn't even care about the mayoral race. I mean, honestly, I hear that is the vibe right now there. Really? I, it felt very straight edge to me. I don't know. There wasn't too much debauchery. I, I guess I missed I miss the swinging scene in New York. You know, I was more in family mode. I hear you walk, you basically land in New York and you're in an open relationship. If you weren't if you weren't in one before, you are in as soon as you like go through security. Is that what the lady said when I went through the Apple store and she said, I love what I'm seeing right now? Mm -hmm. Was she like, yeah. opportunity lost. Here are my political thoughts I had this week. I've been thinking a lot about trauma. With we reckon with the trauma that we went through and like as we reemerge into the world. And my friend was talking to me about how we were talking about uh, election night 2020 to 2020. We were talking about the hours when it looked like Trump was going to win. After Florida. Yeah, between Florida and Arizona it and up until we got into Wisconsin, it was kind of hairy there for a few hours. Yeah, so we were talking about that night. I did find that so traumatizing. and But he was saying how he watched every second his girlfriend, uh, you know, couldn't watch. But he, he he thinks a lot about those hours, about how hard those hours were. Because it was like an alternate reality where for a few hours, Trump was going to win and he was it was going to be four more years of that. And then if you didn't experience it, if you were someone who was just like, I'm not going to watch these early returns and I'm not going to try to panic and be alarmist and watch MSNBC every second saying it's like a repeat of 2016, you woke up the next day and it was okay by then. And he was like, but I hold on to that trauma that not everyone experienced. And so it's like a it's like a micro trauma within the greater trauma. And I think as we go forward, we're gonna be like having these personal traumas. You have to kind of customize your trauma. We have the main one. And then for your individual experience, you're gonna it's like making like a like an avatar to look like what you experienced. And that I found interesting. One thing everyone I spoke to when I reconnected with friends in New York, one thing everyone agreed on was like, oh yeah, this hasn't hit us yet. The trauma is coming. We were in survival mode. We didn't have time for it. But I know it's somewhere in my head and it's going to catch up to me eventually. But I was told, my I had another friend who lived in New York who said that, that she actually thought they went to the trauma earlier than we had because the winter was so dark that they spent that entire time processing the trauma. So then when summer came, that's when they were able to go out and be decadent and demonic. And the reason New York is happening right now is because the processing did happen. But LA is, we're still not even officially reopened. So the summer could be spent processing the trauma. Oh. We might be on a lag. Mm. John, what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about Ted Budd? 
we're in the same room, okay. so let's have some fun. All right. Let's both say ne big news. In big the, news. Wait, hold okay. on. Right. I'm yeah, going to yeah. say one, two, okay. three. We're going to say yeah, big yeah. news in the North Carolina Senate race. Ready? Okay. One, two, three. Big, big news in the North Carolina Senate race. Ted Budd was <laughs> endorsed by the former president, Donald Trump, mm. just the other evening. And it was kind of surprising. Yeah, it was right after Laura. It was right after Laura Trump finally told her father-in-law she was not going to run for Senate. And Pat McCrory, former Republican governor of North Carolina, I think was pretty shocked and pissed that the wonderfully named Ted Budd, native of Winston-Salem, North Carolina, John. I don't know if you know that. He's only one year older than us. We could have played him in soccer or something, or he could have been in a rival band at the street scene. He probably played in some dopey band. Trying to step to our sh hardcore shit. Right. Now yeah. he's going to be. Now he's going to be the Republican senator, the nominee with the full endorsement of Donald Trump, because Ted Budd is an anti-election, you know, big lie, yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah, I guess um, he Trump didn't want McCrory because McCrory lost the governorship, so he he couldn't stand him. He doesn't want losers. No, he doesn't want losers. What means? What method? Did Donald Trump convey his endorsement through? Because he can't do it through social media. His blog is down. He was here. He was in North oh, Carolina. Oh, in person. Yeah, the old, he had a oh, rally. Old school. Words, verbal, not typing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did you go see him, John? No, no. Was that your, your quiet place too? No, no, no. He was in Greenville, North Carolina, uh, I don't know, three days ago. It was, you know, it was the rally where everyone said he was wearing his pants backwards or he was wearing a <laughs> diaper or something. I don't know. You know, and I'm sure none of it's true. But. Got, it's okay to buy pants that fit President Trump. You don't yeah. deserve to feel uncomfortable in pants. You go to REI. These pants that I bought, get the ones with the stealth phone pocket. They're, it's a brand called Cool, K-U-H-L. And I want, they, have these, they have this one style of pant. It's called the, the Silencer. They were the toughest looking pants, but they didn't have them in my new waist size. The old David could have worn them, but I couldn't. So, John, later today, later this week, you and I are going to the REI outlet in Durham. I'm going to buy these fucking pants, and then we're going to go to this new barbecue restaurant. Mm. Not a new barbecue restaurant. I've been doing some barbecue research because everyone on the Discord. What new? Was, not was the talk, pig. No, not the pig. We're going to a different one in Durham. Don't worry. We're going to have a good day. I love to come to North Carolina and make John go pants shopping with me. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, I only buy pants like once every three years. I always say, John, it's pants trip. And we go to the mall and I buy some wonderful blue jeans. We're going to yeah. do it again. He tries on all the pants. I love trying on pants in front of John and just making him wait and suffer. Oh, God. When's the last time you bought pants, John? Uh, I don't know, three or four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, pain, I mean, pain, it's it's so painful finding the right pants. I mean, it takes all day. You got to try on so much stuff. Where do you go? I go to Nordstrom. I got to go to Nordstrom. Uh, AG is my brand. Mm -hmm. um, it's always incredibly expensive, but boy, they fit really well. And then you can wear them for like five years. So You hacked the system. Yeah. Where is the place in New York that you go... Barney's, is that it? Barney's closed. Oh, yeah, man. When I lived in New York, I liked going to that place. You, they would Barney's always Barney's Warehouse up. Sale. I got some amazing suits at Barney's Warehouse Sale. Yeah. R.I.P. Barney's, classic store. And that closed before the pandemic, right? Oh, yeah. That closed yeah. quite some that time was not ago. A and also, R.I.P. Daffy's. R.I.P. Daffy's. What was their slogan? Clothing for millionaires, if you're poor. <laughs> they would have the funkiest European fashions. I got some, I got the. One time, one time I was with this 
friend and she knew about fashion and she took me to Daffy's and showed me how to touch different shirt fabrics to tell if it was a high quality shirt. I just about lost my mind. <laughs> I walked out of Daffy's with like $200 worth of shirts. I bought like 60 shirts for 200. Everything was so cheap at Daffy's and it was so fun and European. This is back when I was really into fashion. Mm. Anyway, let's get back to Ted Budd. Ted Budd. I'm going to get into fashion again. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. I was turning heads. Yeah. Let's do it. I had someone stop me on the street. I was walking in in Beverly Hills before I went to New York, and I was listening to some of my original compositions on my earbuds, just being transported as I as I took my evening stroll. And this woman was stopped at a stop sign, and she beckoned me over. I thought she was lost and she needed directions to the Maserati dealership or something. I took out my earbud and said, "I'm sorry. What did you say?" And she said, "You have you have a terrific hair." There you go. I said, thanks. It's my COVID special. And then I kept walking. And that made me think, what if I got back into fashion again? Yeah. I I think David, if David were to grow a beard with this hair and he was wearing fashionable clothes, not that you're not wearing unfashionable, but really fashionable clothes, he could be a model. I'm going to be a fashion guy this summer. Well, I mean, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I think he, I think he, I think he could. I'm a little, I don't think I'm a model type. But uh, like I, an but older gonna, model. Send us clothes. I don't want free pedals anymore from our listeners. Send me fashions, 42 long, 38 waist, 16 neck. Let's get it going. All the fashion designers who listen to election profit makers, I want some new fits, and I'm going to pose on Instagram wearing your fashions. I already have a yellow raincoat. I don't need that. <laughs> you don't need Oh, and Starly, guess what? My friend Daniel gave me some boots. Our friend Daniel, he gave me some boots because my vans were leaking. Were they from Minority Report? <laughs> there are the boots that Tom Cruise wore in Minority Report. No, I wish. They're called Blundstrom okay. or Brunstrong or something. Okay. They're just good waterproof boots. So shout out to Daniel. Are they brown or black? They're kind of gray. They're old. They're hand-me-downs. So they're kind of bluish gray. Like in a cool way? Yeah. They're my friend's shoes. I'll walk a mile. I'm going to wa- literally walk a mile in my friend's <laughs> shoes. How great is that? I'm finally going to understand my friend. That's wonderful. I just thought about that. Daniel's pretty stylish, Ooh. right? Yeah. He bought me this shirt for my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. He's got good taste. I remember, yeah, yeah when he came to town, he, he wanted to go to all the nice restaurants and hotels and everything, right? Yeah, he's crazy for hotels yeah. and restaurants. Right? Isn't he? Am I wrong? Am I no, wrong? he's a foodie. We went oh, to, okay. We went yeah, to Astoria. Yeah. We had lunch at a Greek restaurant in Astoria. I hit three boroughs. I hit Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Queens. I didn't get to the Bronx. I didn't get to Staten Island. But I think you also have to buy clothes. You've never had your hair like this, so you're going to have to buy a whole new line. It's a different kind of fashion than you're going to have than the fashion you had before. You got to dress to the hair. Oh, maybe I'll just start wearing black robes like Sun. You know that band Sun, and they just dress like druids. Mm. That's a good idea. I would do that. You're going to have to plan this out. It's hot boy summer, right? Isn't that what they said? I do like the idea of capes, robes, um, caftans, drapey, I think would be good. You're also in L.A., so you can kind of go for that cult look. <laughs> cult leader summer, fashion summer, drapey summer. It's yeah. Gonna, they're going to call me Don Draper out on these streets. Mm-hmm. I'm going yeah. to have so many so many flowing fabrics coming Take, off me. Taking it back to your— the original David. What do you mean? You you've King always David been no oh. back just when you were in high school talking about drapey. This guy was Layers. draping all over the place. Yeah. Did you say Bible? Because biblical is also a good look for you. I'm gonna go into biblical look. I'm gonna buy the funkiest sandals. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride my bike to um, Sunset Boulevard to a boutique and buy funky sandals for six hundred and fifty dollars. I couldn't give two fucks. I'm gonna go so crazy this summer. Hot God summer. Hot God summer. You heard it here first. Election profit makers. David Reese and Ted Budd. Battling for the soul of North Carolina. 
Yeah. I, what do you want me to say about Ted Budd? I, I don't know anything about this guy. Can we see how much movement he made this week? See, I really thought that Mark Walker was going to get this, and I think I, I said it months ago, that it wouldn't be McCrory, that it was going to be Mark Walker. So this Ted Budd guy. So look at this. Hold on. We're bringing up the stats on Predicted. Oh, yeah. So he See went, the share price? It went insane. Yeah. So what was he just a few days ago? Oh, I don't want to see, I see Just everybody. scroll right there. Down. Yeah. So June, yeah, he was at 40 cents. 40 cents to 80 cents. So, you know, he's doubled. Oh. Then you add McCrory to the mix. When you add the other candidates, you can definitely tell the moment Trump endorsed him. Boom. Skyrocketed. I love what I'm seeing. I like you guys watching the screen together. Like, you guys are sharing one predicted screen right now. Mm-hmm. Crunching the numbers. One mic, one screen. One set of earbuds. Yeah. yeah. We're splitting earbuds right now like a couple of love-struck teenagers on the subway. So let's talk about the Democratic field then, John. Sherry Beasley is running away with it on the Democratic side and predicted. Have you looked at that market? Yes. Sherry Beasley, who was the former... Chief Justice of the State Supreme Court. She's pretty impressive. Erica Smith, my old favorite, done. Four cents. Mm. I think she's donezo. I think it's going to be Sherry Beasley. Heath Schuler. Mm. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Uh, Jeff Jackson is really impressive, but he's just, uh, I don't know. I don't think we want any white guys at this point after, after our boy. Should I buy Sherry Beasley at 60 cents? To win the Democratic nomination? I think that's smart, yeah. Really? Yeah, you're not going to find. There's not There's not going to be. I'm going to buy it at 58, 100 shares. Yeah, there's not. And there's nothing that bad going to come out on her. Why didn't those go through? You just bought one. You biffed it. All right, let's talk about Jeff Bezos going to space. John, what do you think? Uh, it's a bit pretty exciting. <laughs> uh, Moving on to the next topic. No, no. I think it's great that he's going to space. I don't have a problem with it. What? <sighs> Oh, am, am I supposed to be outraged that he's going to space? Yes. yes. Yeah, he shouldn't be. Because he's the richest man in the world. It's boring. Of course he's going to space. I, I don't care. Wow. Simping for Jeff Bezos. No, I'm not simping for Jeff Bezos. It's just irrelevant. I don't I don't care that he's going to space. Of course he's a rich guy. It's his company. Take he's umbrage, gonna go to space. Take some umbrage for once in your life. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of Jeff Bezos. You love Jeff Bezos. Yeah, he's going to space, whatever. It's just, but this is now just billionaires competing about who can go to space faster and more time. Billionaires competing to see who can get the furthest away from Earth to remind us that they don't need us. Yeah. They're so, they're bored because he's bought all of Earth. Take umbrage, John. Okay, I'm really angry that he's going to Here space. We go. and then, yeah, and then, what do you think, man? What's going on with Jeff Bezos going to space? I don't know. This is, I, I wanted to go and he's going. And <laughs> I mean, I think it would be kind of cool to go. I think he should buy a ticket for everybody to go to space. I think it's so... Oh, that would be nice if he did that. He shouldn't be able to get on a space shuttle without having bought tickets for everyone else on the space shuttle. Why do you think he's doing it? He just wants, He knows he can't beat SpaceX. You know, they're doing much cooler stuff than Blue Origin, but he's, he's just thinking, I'll just get to space before Elon Musk. I think it's because they all, now that it's been planted, that space is something that rich people do. He can't not participate in that. New York Times style section, hit me up. Space is the New Hamptons. That's a think piece for the ages. My byline will be Flowey Druid, the new fashion consultant and styles reporter for New York Times Styles. Space is the New Hamptons. 
The must-have real estate accessory is no longer beachfront property on the Hamptons. Rather, a trip into space with fellow billionaires. And then I'll say, <laughs> and then the article will say, hi, everybody, my name is The Druid. I'm happy to be writing this article for you in the New York Times. And then I would go on to talk about the article. This is another reason maybe he's flying to space because maybe the only place billionaires can feel like themselves is in space. Because if it's only going to be billionaires who can go to space, they can just unwind, relax. They don't have to worry that anyone's after them for something. They can just be evaluated on their character. Maybe Elon Musk and him don't actually like each other, but they have no way to know unless they're in space together when there's no pressure from the outside. There's no people reaching up with their arms saying, give, give, give to me, give to me. Space is the only place he can he can think. In space, no one can hear you whine. That's what they're probably thinking. All these whiny earthlings talking about, yeah. you're so wealthy, why can't you help us? Why did you donate so little of your wealth to COVID? Yeah. Why do you why do you perpetuate these inequalities? Like, I'm so sick of all these people whining in my mentions about union rights and worker rights and people pissing in bottles. I want to go to space where I can finally have a moment's peace. That's probably what he thinks. Good for him. I, I would say over the course of our Jeff Bezos con conversation, I had to readjust my buy price for Sherry Beasley three times in order to get these shares filled. It's it's rising. She's at 60 now. I started buying at 58. Something in the ether. Should people buy um, Yang at 26? Does that seem low for him? Do you think he's going to bounce back up or, it's, or this is it's just going to stay at this price now? The election is two weeks away. We're recording this on Monday, the 7th. So the election's on the 22nd. The election is two weeks and one day away. Is there any, um, yeah, what would get Yang to bounce back up again to make it a good enough investment to buy Yes in the 20s, John? He went to space. God, I feel like the Yang gang would push him up at some point. But they didn't. There's not much volume. But he's gone down even since then. I know, I know. And I think last week I may have said that I thought he would spike. Yeah. So I apologize for that. Um, are you apologizing to listeners or are you apologizing to the Yang gang for disparaging them and accusing them of not being grounded in reality and facts? I'm not apologizing to the Yang gang. Okay. But I'm apologizing to our listeners if they followed that advice because I really thought that he would have... Um, Eric Adams, man, he is not impressive. They're really... They're so... No, but none of them are impressive. I like Catherine Garcia. I was talking to Mike. Mike was hyping up Catherine Garcia. She ran the fucking sanitation department of New York City. Can you imagine a tougher job on the whole planet? Why? What do you have to deal with? When oh, you don't have to deal with very much. Sanitation in New York? No. Nah, it's not very nah. complicated. There's no logistics or systems involved in that. Or mob. Yeah. That's an incredible job. They yeah. should give it. Who, that should be the prerequisite for any mayor is you have to deal with this garbage before you can run the city. Was New York dirty? Yeah, it's always <laughs> dirty. New York is disgusting. I'm never going to live there again. What's New York dirty? Eric Adams now is coming out hard against the left, right? He's mad at AOC. He issued a statement about defund the police. He's trying to wrap up this election by appealing to... Oh, I saw Beckett! Holy fuck! I saw Beckett, the tiny centrist. Guess what he did? Sorry, I just blew yeah, up the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um... Beckett is going to give us an exclusive. He did an oral report for his school on Molly, on MDMA. And he's, <laughs> he's an expert on MDMA party drugs now. And he said that maybe he would, he would give us a recording of his oral report. On, yeah, I saw Beckett. 
He was killing it. That's great. Yeah. Is he pro, is he for or against Molly? I think he, I don't think he can compromise his objectivity. He was just like, these yeah. are the facts about MDMA, famous party drug. Did he have anything to say about the mayoral race? He said he's not really following it. All right, well, that makes two of us. Wow, peas in a pod over here. Did he get less tiny since you last saw him? He's seven feet tall now. It's crazy. Everyone's voice changed in the past year. All my all my friends' sons, they're all like, hey, Dave, it's good to see you again. <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck are you? And they're like, I'm so-and-so, so-and-so's son. It's like, oh, I didn't because I didn't recognize him because they're wearing a mask. I had one friend, his son was walking along him on the sidewalk. I thought it was like a college kid. He's like, oh, this is my son. <laughs> hey, David, what's up? I was like, you? <laughs> I don't even recognize you. We're going to have to really ID him when Beckett's on the show again, and now that his voice has changed, we're going to have to, every time he speaks, say, says Beckett. Right. They're yeah. going to think it's James Earl Jones. Y MDMA, also known as Molly, is a very popular party <laughs> drug, which produces mild hallucinations and euphoria. It's extremely sensual. <laughs> Webster's Dictionary defines MDA as a good time for party people. It's taking over New York City for a hot boy summer. Many druids were seen ingesting the substance and raving at Bushwick uh, warehouses, going to the bathroom in buckets because there's actually no indoor plumbing in these raw industrial spaces. They we'll have to be like, that's not Darth Vader, that's Beckett. So he came into the city to meet you? We went to a little place called Central Park, which honestly I've never been to that much. Central Park is incredible. It's so big. Uh, it's so big, it's like a forest. Yeah. I couldn't believe yeah, it. I know. There's all these funky rocks everywhere. Yep. It was yeah. cool. It's impressive. Yeah. It's a good park. I don't think Eric Adams is going to win. I'm buying no right now. I'm just decided. I'm buying no. I'm going crazy on the markets today. Oh, boy. Here we go. God love me. Look at this. Kid Midas living on a wing and a prayer. You think you think Catherine Garcia is going to win? I made money on Catherine Garcia since I spoke to the listeners last. Remember, I actually sold my position in Catherine Garcia when she got that little bump. And now I've got no and Eric Adams here. Ooh. Starly, did you sell your Scott Stringer? No, now I'm sunk. Okay, now you need just need to hang on at this point. I mean, I could sell at two cents instead of zero cents. I can't wait to go buy pants with you. Oh my God, we're gonna have so much fun buying these pants. Okay, not tomorrow. No, not tomorrow. Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday works for me. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta go to my parents' storage. My parents have a storage facility oh, and they want really? to downsize. But I feel like there's some there's some audio treats that we've been that you've said for like this entire show from your childhood. What I'm are you sure talking about? The secret band? No, not secret band. Like <clears throat> maybe when you were young and you recorded you recorded something like a play. Oh my stories. Or all my stories that I used to tell, my radio plays. No, no, that's in my storage facility. I think I have those. There's something in your parents' storage facility because I know about the existence of storage facilities. There's something in there that we have mentioned because I've always thought- Well, we're like, going to look at it this week. So if there is something, we'll find it. But Starly, here's the amazing thing. Did you talk about this on last week's episode about no, the videos? No, Listen to this. John found something that he told me 20 years ago he had lost. He found all our old videotapes of all our hijinks when we used to make little movies in high school. Really? All our science projects that we made with a video camera. All our little videos and skits. With vo your voices before they changed? Oh, my God. My, when maybe, I, my face was a fucking pizza parlor. <laughs> oh, my God. This, I can't wait to see this acne and my little buzz cut back when I used to get buzz cuts. Oh, my God. The old movie... 
Invasion of the Beatbox Zombies. The movie we made at Camp Winding Gap where John was a beatboxing zombie who killed all these people and he killed the horse instructor with a post hole digger. It was totally brutal. I can't believe we have all this. Are you able to watch them? So my parents have a VCR. They still have a VCR. And by the grace of God, I'm going to try to make sure it still works. And then we're going to have a little movie festival. We're going to be watching some of these things. We haven't seen them since the 90s. I can't believe you found these videotapes. I was so crestfallen when I thought you had lost them, and now we have them. We have them. I don't know what shape they're in. I don't know. We, but We're going to we, have to digitize them. Big time. Yeah. And upload them to YouTube. Yeah, that's not happening. Okay. Election Profit Makers is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell with help from Houston Snyder and Kat Iosa. Patreon, patreon.com slash election profit makers. You can support us there. Send your contact, send your election prediction questions and skyline interpretations and fashion questions uh, and fashion offers. I'm looking for flowing robes of light diaphanous materials that speak to my integrity. Okay, that's what I'm looking for. Email us at contact at electionprofitmakers.com. If you want to try predict it and get on the New York mayoral election or you want to bet against Ted Budd, in the Republican Senate primary in North Carolina, go to predictit.org slash promo slash EPM20 to receive up to $20 in matching funds. And please always remember to rate and review us constantly on every podcasting platform. It's very important to spread the word about this, about this very nice podcast, Election Profit Makers, which you have been listening to. That's what I have to say. I'm New York. I'm, I'm New York's own David Reese, Kid Midas. I'm in North Carolina this week, holding it down with good old Long John Silver, traveling the country, taking care of business, investigating fashion, sparking discussion, provoking intelligent discourse wherever I choose to open my big fat mouth. So I'll say goodbye, and I'll say goodbye to Starly. Goodbye, Starly. Bye. And also say goodbye to my old buddy. We're about to go get some dinner. Ooh, John Kimball. Okay. Bye, Starly. Bye. Bye. Bye.